broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts. You're listening to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. I'm your host, Lori Brooks, and this is episode 59. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming James Burgess to the show, founder of the Everyday Communities of Alberta, Canada. James lives in Alberta, Canada with his lovely wife, Sharon, of 25 years and their two children. James founded the Everyday Communities in 2003 and began it as a business that focused on building stronger ethics and character within the sales process, which quickly led into corporate training engagements where intense work with existing corporate culture was a constant need. Everyday Communities has been formed to break through the rigid framework of corporate organization to provide a dynamic, personal, and professional growth experience for life and for business. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Certainly. So we will go ahead and jump right in. James, we would love to know a story of what it is you thought life would be like before you began your journey, before you began thinking about working for yourself or branding a business. What did you think life would be like? I thought I was going to be doing exactly what I was training for. Uh, Like most people that go into college, they have an idea realistic point of view as to what they're they're going for and and, and kudos to those who, who are on the track but life has a funny way of, of getting in the way right so uh, forks in the road choices are made um, relationships are built and relationships are broken and it causes us to kind of meander like a river some days doesn't it right? what did I think it would be like I thought it was going to be idealistic I thought it was going to be exactly what I was planning to do and my education was in actual pastoral ministry and counseling and I've been in sales most of my life. Uh, I started when I was in my late teens, and that's how I paid the bills and paid my rent. And, and I realized that uh, I had a gift for the gab and actual public presentations and you know speaking. And, and that was just that was just how I was. You know, it wasn't until I was trying to pay my way through school. It was like on the tail end of my uh, my degree, and I actually had to work for a car industry. Uh, selling cars, believe it or not, and some of the best sales training around can be found in some of the harshest places, you know, but uh, these guys, uh, it was an interesting culture to work in, and as a sort of a somebody going through a counselor training, I looked around me and, and uh, I realized I was surrounded by people that uh, had fallen off their ideal track. Mm. And uh, like there was a, a former lawyer, there was an air traffic controller, there were, were teachers, and they, what, what were they doing? They were all selling cars. And there I was, I, I was training to be a minister. But the interesting thing was, uh, I'm kind of a street level, very practical guy, a bit of a catalyst. I walk in and I spark change just by asking questions, just by being who I am. And these guys, they would tap me on the shoulder in, in the weirdest you know, uh, weirdest of ways, you know, uh, just, hey, can I talk to you, you know, and I realized that there was something missing in this culture, this business culture. I thought to myself, I wrote in my journal, wouldn't it be interesting if we started creating a sales training track that was character-based, personal development-based, rather than a system, mm. uh, because they're people too. Regardless of how much black they get and how many uh, bad words they use and choices they make, and things like, they're still people and they still have lives to live. And, mm-hmm. and I, I saw them, that, uh, and, and that was the beginning of the journey of, of where I'm actually at now as a, as a business development and family life coach. 
change. I said, well, what if we, you know, it was that wonderful what if question. What if we could do this? I didn't know. I mean, I was pretty ignorant on the industry as it was. You know, I, I barely knew, you know, Zig Ziglar and all the big names, Tony Robbins. And who and I, I thought I had this great revelatory thing. Uh, <laughs> until somebody, when I first started actual sales training, I, I first started, somebody thought they would be helpful and they, they recommended me to go visit this site and it ended up being a local competitor who, who was just all that, you know, they had everything together and all the videos and I was like, like God, I could never do this, you know, who oh, I think I am, but that took me about two days to get over and then I, I realized that this person has some unique talents and unique giftings that, that the world needs. My problem is figuring out how uh, or what type of value the world will see in him, uh, mm -hmm. in them, uh, and uh, and will the world want to buy that? Mm -hmm. And the quest from there was how do you take the understanding and the and the questions and you take all the the uh, uh, working with people and the tools. How do you shape them and fashion them into something that is packageable where somebody would say, I would trade money for that? Right. That's the brief story, I guess. You initially started your journey believing that you would become a pastor. In that journey, during your initial start there, you began selling cars as well, kind of as a transition. And in that transition of your own, recognized how many other people we're going through a transition in their life. Yeah. You, you woke up to this recognition that millions of people have transitions and it's not uncommon and it's something that a lot of people experience on a regular basis. From there, change sparked because you realized that people needed your advice. It wasn't just doing what you were doing best, which was, you know, ministering to those around you or, or selling to cars, but it was kind of that blend of both worlds that you recognized that people need your help in the business world in a much bigger way than a lot of consultants might have the capability or opportunity to serve for others. And then from there, I think it's funny how you described the imposter syndrome that you went through. <laughs> I think we all end up dealing with that at some point or another, where you get to a page of somebody recommended and it's funny. I think it's it's something that happens not just early on. I think that can happen multiple times throughout your journey. You see those who are quote-unquote competitors who are, are above and beyond the level of which you've gotten to in your own journey, and it can be discouraging. But do you feel like that was one of the more difficult pieces for you in that transition was, you know, the recognition, looking at the competitor and having that imposter syndrome. Do you feel like that was one of the, the more difficult pieces for you to overcome early on? Or do you feel like it was something that came, you recognized it, you dealt with it in your own way and, and moved on from it? Well, it was, I mean, it was a moment of reality, right? Like, right. it's, it's going to be a really, really, really super rare thing that you come up with an original thing, right. you know, these exactly. days. You know, there's no crime in being original, uh, if you can be. There's nothing new under the sun. And over right. the years, I've learned in coaching that there are tons of different types of coaching people out there, uh, and they're all doing the same things. They're all kind of trying to get people to the same place, right. a point right. of success. Right. And sometimes it's, it's the same material, just different pile, if I can be polite about that. 
uh, they're saying the same thing, same concepts, just expressing them in a different way. Exactly. And that particular incident that you, you draw back to, it was a kind of a, almost like a chiropractic adjustment in my soul and in my mind to mm -hmm. tell me that you're going to have to forge something a little bit more. You're going to have to work a little harder mm -hmm. in order to build your own value here. Okay. Uh, the other thing is it set me free uh, from negativity of comparison. Uh, when I'm working with small business people, uh, one of the things that we have to overcome on a, on a regular basis is their fear of competition. And one of the ways that I help them understand how to handle that fear is to teach them that ignorance is bliss. Yes. And so what this did for me was I looked at the comp competitor and I said, well, why don't I learn to sell on my distinctives instead of trying to beat the competitor at their, at their game? Right. Because I can waste so much resources and so much money and time and, and emotions on trying to beat my competitor out, but yet losing my client along the way. Right. And so I, I that that was a real moment of education for me, and it, it was only took me a, a couple of days to get over that. And when I got over it, I was fine. I started forging my own uh, intellectual property and tools and branding, and and it was great because I really didn't care what anybody else was doing because the client would look at what we're doing and say, "I like that." And right. if they didn't like that, they probably weren't going to be a client anyway. Right. So I right. just let it go. And I wanted to kind of hone in on that little piece because I think it's important to explore that type of um, regularity in a journey. You know, imposter syndrome is something that we all deal with on a regular basis. And I love hearing how it is different people deal with, with those moments. And I think it's helpful to the audience, too, to have the opportunity to hear how it can change your journey for the better, not necessarily for the worse. Um, you know, some people think of it as, as being something that's a failure or, you know, something where it's a negative moment. But again, I try to, to, to stress the idea that there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. You know, you can't really failed just because you're recognizing that you're not exactly where the you know somebody else has painted the box for it to be you can only recognize that okay this is how you can change or grow or this is perfectly fine and I love the way you dealt with it you recognize that your client is what matters more than anything else not what the other person's doing kudos to them for doing what they're doing but that's irrelevant when it comes to your own client base and your client base is what you really need to focus on but what do you feel like were some of the first steps that you took when you had the epiphany that, you know what, I might want to begin building out this sales training that's going to be based more towards someone's character? What do you feel like were some of the first steps um, that you took? Well, I, it's important to know that we have evolved from that. Like, like we still do a lot of sales training, but we have evolved just from that one point. Right. To answer your question, uh, there were so, there were, you know, the first question is, uh, what do I think I can offer this? I mean, there are so many best-selling books on the New York, you know, bestseller list or whatever. And uh, and I, I just felt in my conscience that, that I just needed to sit down and start writing without any intent on form or function, just, just to kind of do a, a brain dump mm -hmm. and on the topic. So I, I asked an overarching question. What could I teach in the area of sales and personal growth? And how do the two sort of uh, mesh together? You know, how do they affect one another? Mm -hmm. 
And so I popped open my laptop and I ordered a cup of coffee in my local cafe. And I sat there for, I don't know, probably three days, uh, not consecutively, but, uh, and then, and I just started writing. I just started typing and, and I did point four notes of all the topics that I could, you know, possibly and confidently teach on. And uh, when I was done, I went back and I looked at the document as a whole, and there were 30 pages of point form topics, not fleshed out, just topic lines that I felt I could teach confidently from my years of experience in in the sales, uh, both self-employment, small business development, you know, in that realm. And I was astonished. 30 pages of point form notes. And the the, uh, the personal growth moment for that for me was I didn't know I had it in me. I didn't know I had it in me. And there wasn't anybody in my life at the time who was there to tell me or to show me that I had it in me. And I had that internal coach look at me and say, you've always had this. So once I got it out and I saw it objectively, mm-hmm. I began to have much more confidence in the substance that I was able to bring to to the table of my future clients. So I began to have confidence in that. And then, then of course, it's all about isolating which topics and, you Mm -hmm. know, which ones make sense, which ones you can park for later, you know. And then I started building our first workshop uh, from that list. You took the time to really dive deep personally and internally um, and really ask yourself some of the crucial questions that any entrepreneur should probably begin with on their journey. What am I good at? What do I know? What can I teach? How can I bring value, you know what I mean, um, to the table? And those are things that it's it's really good to stop and take the time to really focus on who you are, because that's not necessarily an easy thing for most people to do. Um, I know when I started my journey, I had, like I said before we got on to the actual recording, I had no idea what I wanted my entrepreneurial journey to be, per se. I just knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. There are those that start the journey in that manner without the business idea, without the thought process as to what their path may even look like that still end up having the ability to become an entrepreneur because they ask themselves those very broad questions that boil down to something very specific, which ends up showing you what audience you're looking for and many, many other pieces. I love that quote, James. I didn't know I had it in me. It's a good one. (laughs) I think it's very, very, very telling of uh, many entrepreneurs in your situation who start off in one area and allow that pivot to unfold, to recognize their own success. It's often that, uh, you know, feeling of, I had no idea that this would turn out the way that it turned out. I had just, it's one of those clueless moments that can turn into an amazing moment for some people. So I love that quote. Um, well, you know, a lot of times that, that, Illumination uh, mm-hmm. is not always brought in with fluffy bunnies and, and clouds. Uh, it's usually points of pain, urgency. Uh, we have to dig deep in order to to find our next meal, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, nobody's doing it for you. So suck it up, Buttercup. You know those kinds of moments. And, and, and honestly, you know, as as nice as that sounds, uh, how how it happened for me. It, it really was uh, a moment of, of, of uh, where where I'm asking, in my current situation, I'm asking, is this all there is for me? Mm-hmm. 
because for some reason I have this I have this thing deep down inside that's agitating me, and I am not satisfied with this. Right. And uh, and my life is worth more than than the sum of my parts, and it's worth more than how I'm spending my time right now. Right. I know this, and and I couldn't I couldn't explain it back then. I had to understand that that the mesh or the what was the chemical reaction that made passion, mm-hmm. and and so there were circumstances going on in my life at the time that. That I said, well, nobody is doing it for me. Uh, I have a, I have a young family. Uh, I have a, a lovely bride that that has all the faith in the world of me to create something significant and remarkable in life, and uh, she's not going to let me sleep until that happens. Thank God. You know, 25 <laughs> years later, uh, we're, we're happy and on our track. So, uh, but let's let's not forget that there are moments of pain that are actually going to bring out the stuff that you didn't know you had in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a both end. Sometimes it's that nice illumination feeling, but other times it's going to be times of desperation that are going to bring the best out in you. Right. Uh, and that's just a, that's a, that's a fact. No, that is, that is the truth. It's, it often is times that are much harder than you could ever anticipate that tend to bring about an entrepreneurial journey and we we have actually discussed that a number of times on the show you know in in that an entrepreneurial journey can be sparked in some of the oddest ways but unfortunately a lot of those ways are moments where you hit that point where you can't do anything but go back to what it is you're looking to get away from regardless um so definitely but i i think it's awesome that you had the ability to uh have the journey unfold in in the manner that it did and had the opportunity to really contemplate you know your why and your what in in the way that you went about doing what do you feel like you've learned on the journey that you had no idea you were gonna learn you know something completely unrelated to you're building the business. What was something that you feel like really surprised you during your journey? I have learned about me as a person. Uh, everybody's got their own journey. But this is significant because if you know thyself, you know how you fit in relation to other people and mm-hmm. you know where you fit. Now, I'm a bit of a free radical, I guess you'd call it, where I don't always go by the set rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not that's not an attitude of rebellion or, you know, whatever. I just wasn't, I was brought up with, my mother-in-law used to, to kind of chide me a little bit she'd say how do you do it how do you be self-employed well she's from you know the east coast a very conservative uh, fishing village you know and i said mom it was like this when you were young you stood on the side of the of a lake and the stones and the trees were anchored into the ground and, and terra firma was right under your feet and you knew where everything stood i said for me somebody threw me in the middle of the lake and said swim that's how i do it mom that's how i do it and, yeah. and from that point on my mother-in-law i think had a higher respect for how I am able to earn a living, right? Because they, they thought if you're not earning money by the hour and you're slaving all day at 12 hours, uh, making 10 bucks an hour, uh, well, then you're not really working, you know? <laughs> so it was a bit of an adjustment. What did I learn? I, I, I guess to say, I, I said earlier that I was a bit of a catalyst, and that's what my friends called me. And uh, I picked up a book one time. Uh, it was only, uh, I don't know, probably six years ago. It was off the shelf. It was a title that really caught my eye, and I, I picked it off the shelf at random, and it was called The Power of Positive Deviance. It's a book that explores the concept of how people can be doing the right things they just don't know they're doing it and and then it looked at 
how communities of people have the same challenges for success and the same challenges for failure, uh, the same, you know, same tools for success, same challenges for failure. And yet some are thriving and yet some are surviving. Well, what's the difference there? And sometimes it's very subtle. And after researching that model and researching that book, which ultimately led to a whole revamping of my consulting style, um, I realized that I was a positive deviant. I realized that I was, in many respects, I was feeling my way through things. And yet they're confirmed and affirmed by more authoritative sources or other people uh, looking and going, that's brilliant, you should be, where, where did you get that from? You know, I don't know, I just did it. I, it just seemed like the right thing to do. And, uh, and so uh, my, my coaching ended up having a remarkable flavor to it that people were like, you know, this is, and remarkable doesn't mean totally awesome better than everybody else. It means you're good enough for somebody to remark about. They were remarking on some of the techniques and the styles and you know, I, I learned about me that I was a positive deviant and I can't be intimidated by somebody else's air of elegance and air of intelligence because we have something unique to give and there are people out there that will never mesh with that high-ended high, high -ended speech. They will never go into the professional boardrooms and sit down and endure the seminars. They'll never wear a tie. And a lot of small business people are very much like that. They're, ah, you know, I have a great idea. I want to go make money, you know. And that's why I rebranded in 2010 to Everyday Communities is mm. because my, my clients were saying, it's almost like you're dealing with the everyday entrepreneur, James. And that's when I fell in love. I fell in love with small business. I fell in love with the entrepreneurial life and the heart of these people. Uh, and, and that became a calling for me. You are explaining that your journey allowed you to recognize you. It's funny how we all think we know ourselves long before we get into any sort of entrepreneurial journey. Most of the times it brings out the real you. Exactly. Exactly. You or sad you or, right. or whatever. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about everyday communities, what it is you do with entrepreneurs, how you help them. Sure. Um, we just adopted a new tagline this year. 
this year, uh, finding your direction, discovering your purpose. And Everyday Communities is a coaching company. We first started out, we, we rebranded to Everyday Communities, like I said, because this is what our clients described us as. Our branding is what your clients say you are when you're not in the room. And a lot of people will describe me as an everyday guy. I got nothing to prove, nothing to hide, and nothing to lose. It's 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 kind of liberating to be that way. Uh, but this is how my clients respond to me, and and they love uh, the fact that they don't they don't have to come to a certain place where they have to be pretentious or, or whatever. When we have everyday communities, what we designed here was we wanted something with a three-dimensional approach to, to people and relationships and things. We did actually start out uh, with just the Everyday Entrepreneur Initiative, mm-hmm. and that was right just after the time I had found the Positive Deviance methodology, and I was tired of the basic networking stuff. I wanted something different, and over time, what we had developed was a, a three-dimensional style of networking that I don't think is present, or if it is present, it's not deliberate elsewhere in my region of the world. Mm-hmm. And what it is is that we have... One dimension is simple, you know, it's obviously trade of business and, and opportunity referrals. The second dimension is is uh, resource sharing. What I've learned, what I know, what I have done, uh, can I help you in what you're doing? Then the third is relationship that's long term and it's deep. And so it's not been easy to get people to engage that way mm-hmm. because they see business as a love them and leave them sometimes transaction. Right. So we started out that way uh, with Everyday Entrepreneur and uh, I want it to be remarkable. And, and we actually gained a very good reputation. We were we had awesome parties in the city. Uh, people liked to come and visit us. They liked it. Um, and we swelled up, and then we shrank, and then we swelled up. Why am I doing it in a community kind of way? As soon as we had actual members online and paying members, we realized we had to have a mandate. And so I, I incorporated the concept of everyday communities because I didn't want it to just stop at business. Mm-hmm. Even though business is a real easy uh, attraction to bring on because entrepreneurial or self-employed people know the value of getting off of their butt and going and connecting with other people. Why? Because that's how they earn their living. So then we, we started getting exposed to my spouses having trouble understanding the ups and downs of this life. Mm-hmm. And we're having some friction and so I said well I'm going to put my training to work here and uh, we created uh, something called Everyday Peep which is now it's it's a life coaching in a community concept. It's not easy to get across to people about life coaching in community. I realize that there are many people that go to their communities of faith weekly but there are how many other millions of people that aren't uh, but yet they still desire to be in connection authentic connection with other people. Mm-hmm. So I needed somewhere to be, in, as a Star Trek description, is in the neutral zone. I needed to be that, you know, that place where we can have authentic growth, uh, real connection, and very substantial business trade going on on a consistent basis, which we were able to accomplish. Uh, and we're still growing at that. Uh, don't get me wrong. We're gonna, we haven't perfected. So I created this membership-style uh, community concept. Now, on the business side, I created it this way because I, as a business consultant or a sales consultant, whatever you want to call me, I got tired of the same routine mm-hmm. of going out there and knocking on potential clients' door and saying, you need me. And they say, why do we need you? I prove why they need me, and then they say, well, give us six months and we'll deliberate it in our committee over here. You know, my life is too short to wait for that. So I said, well, I've got to design something where people would feel drawn to. And, uh, you know, you may know as well as I do that the more you go chasing consumers,
consulting business, the less authority you seem to have. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Why do you think they say to you, write a book? You've got to write a book. Right. Because right. everybody, it doesn't matter if you don't have a PhD. If you write a book, everybody thinks you're, you're, you're obviously an authority on the subject. Right, right. right. Exactly. So this, this effort here is, is a multi-community concept where I can now train other coaches to plant in everyday communities in, you know, Timbuktu, you know, wherever. Uh, so it set me free from the desperation of the next sale, right? So I'd rather create price points where I have access points in my membership structure where people can engage us with low risk because, you know, coaching sometimes... There's a lot of shysters out there. Let's not kid ourselves. And so they can engage us at low risk. And then what, what happens is most of them actually change their memberships to the top level where they get individual attention. And you know what that is to me? That's a promotion. It means that we have earned the right to speak into your life. And uh, we don't, don't get me wrong, it's not a one-way uh, communication. I mean, there's lots that our members bring to the table that... Uh, also serve the other members. So now what happens, and I'm, I'm kind of introducing several things to answer your question, because I, but I, I hope you're following me. Clearly. What happens here is I become now, as the leader of my own company here, I become a guru, uh, not a guru, but a gardener. Now just think about that for a minute. A guru is, is obviously a spiritual teacher, somebody who people will rally around and listen to. But the minute he looks at you and says, I don't have an answer to that, you're gone. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a new flavor coming out next month. Let's go buy the book and get the CVs, and we'll go follow that one. So I didn't want to fall into that, even mm-hmm. though there's certain things there that are going to be inevitable. But mm-hmm. I wanted to be a gardener, and a gardener is somebody who will set the, the environment up for growth to happen, but not necessarily is the growth hinged on a codependent relationship. Mm-hmm. So I would rather trust you into my community, uh, where you guys can kind of answer your daily, day-to-day coaching questions on your own without having to drop $1,500 on the specialist to come in and say the exact same thing, which happened to me at one point in another business attempt. Uh, so, you know, that, that that's kind of why we went to the communities concept where we do coaching by membership uh, and, then, uh, and then projects. So to engage us first is you can try a membership, you can pay for coaching direct one-to-one, or if you want an actual business development project, obviously we have consulting services that will address that. Yeah. I love it. So it's not necessarily just for business coaching in general. You have actually opened this up to be a life coach as well. It's a life coaching community that will assist you in many, many, many different areas, not just in growth of your own sales practice in particular. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, We will be sure to link to um, the Everyday Communities homepage and, you know, a sign-up link once, you know, from the show notes page once we get this wrapped up. But James, I'm curious, if you had a time machine and could go back, say, 10 to 15 years and tell yourself one thing, what do you think that one thing would be? You know, I've never had that question asked of me. (laughs) I'm pretty happy with how I've turned out. I'm pretty happy with with what I understand and what I've learned. Uh, And forgive me if there's too many eyes in there, but um, that's a pretty deep question, Lori. That's a pretty strong question. I've never actually had anybody ask me of that. What what would I tell myself? I think I I would tell myself that uh, you're on the right track, that you you do have it in you, and you'll be surprised at what's going to come out at the other end. 
<laughs> I mean it the way that it sounded. I think you get what I'm saying. You'll be surprised at what you see. I like that. Excellent. So the show is really designed to help entrepreneurs come up with an idea for, you know, a business or a new project in an industry that they may not have initially been thinking of. So initially I thought that you were doing business consulting and that Everyday Communities was focused on entrepreneurs solely. But now I'm very, very curious understanding you know, in depth that you're doing more holistic coaching to a certain degree as a life coach and community. Um, If you had a magic wand and could change anything at all in business, what do you feel it would be and why? In in my business, Mm -hmm. if I could change anything at all, um, I probably would have done it like this 10 years sooner um, and take the spotlight off of me as a guru. (laughs) trying to be somebody that that people needed uh, yeah and and understand the value of gardening and that's that's really what business is you're you're a gardener if you think that the world can't live without you you're in trouble uh, the world can't live without you but there's such a need in this world for uh, for authentic community mm-hmm. um, not just municipal community not just you know political communities or whatever mm-hmm. but there is such a need where people can uh, can be just who they are they can be real and don't get me wrong I mean business consulting is still a very strong part of everything we do mm-hmm. in fact we get a lot of our life coaching opportunities through the business realm right. whether it's the entrepreneurs themselves or their, their extended families or their staff mm-hmm. uh, we just adapted see that and that's what I think I could give to somebody is that you you can develop a business model or a business idea, but you're going to have to be open to alternatives. Now, I try to counsel people that when they have different opportunities, make sure that if they're going to kind of diversify, that it's always in harmony of their main sort of skill gifting. So, uh, for example, I'm a coach, okay, but I do public speaking, keynote mm-hmm. speaking. I'll do workshops and, and presentations or corporate retreats. These are out you know, they're, they're in they're within the realm, right, right. Right. So, um, but to be open and to be open to adapt, because uh, sometimes your clients are going to demand things that, that just because you don't do them openly at the moment, that doesn't mean you can't expand to it. Right. Uh, I had a large client at one point that uh, a $60 million a year business, which is fairly significant, and uh, I tried to get him into workshops, you know, but we were having a boom economy here and, you know, labor was hard to find and people didn't have time to get out. So he said, well, can you design something where you can come in on site? And I, I walked away and I thought about that and I thought, you know what, there is a, a style of coaching that I can offer that is basically embedding our consultants or coaches inside the corporate culture mm-hmm. just to walk in their midst and work with them. Right. And uh, we called that perspective mentoring because we wanted to get away from the concept of therapy or psychological shrinkage, you know, if you understand my meaning there. And, and there's a place for that. But, you know, coaching is kind of like a 12-inch ruler. You know, the bottom two inches are people that really need to be committed right. or they need therapy. Mm-hmm. And the top two inches are people that are really happy. But it's the rest of us in the middle, the mass middle, where we say, uh, I'm not sick enough to need a psychologist yeah. or a therapist or a yeah. counselor, but I know I need something more in my life. Mm-hmm. This is where coaching finds its, its mm-hmm. purpose, right here. You know that's what you would have told yourself 10 years ago, right? Start sooner. Yeah, start sooner. Start sooner. Uh, Start sooner. 
needs to kind of forge that or, right. or, or you know, bring that flavor out in you too. Right, right. So I, I guess, you know, also to be open to adapt, that was one of the best things I could have done was, mm-hmm. was not think so tunnel vision when the opportunity came. Right, being open to the pivot and, and really being available to, to make sure that when those moments and opportunities arise, you're awake and aware that they're even there. So definitely, definitely. James, I absolutely love the story that you have told us this afternoon about your journey. And I'd love for you to share the best way for our listeners to find you. best way for them to find me is to pick up the bloody phone and call. I'm kidding. I'm being facetious. But uh, the best way to find me is, is off our website. They can simply send an email. Um, we always ask for a 24 hours response time. Uh, most of the time it's like within 25 minutes because we're so enthusiastic about new people. But uh, if they have questions now, we do, uh, obviously, we, we're booked to do workshops and corporate retreats. I love the mountains and going to California. Uh, but uh, another thing too is we, we do online um, video coaching as well through mm-hmm. sessions. Uh, we, we allow up to 90 minutes. That's on average. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes a coaching session is 30 minutes, but it can be up to 90 minutes. And we, we don't, our fees are not based by the hour. They're based on the session. We, uh, we like to take as much time as we can so that the client gets everything they can get. So the best way to find me is through our website, www.theeverydaycommunity.com. And you can email us through there. Awesome. Well, again, we will be sure to link to that through the show notes page. But James, you've been absolutely outstanding today. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. (laughs) If you haven't figured out your passion in life yet, what are you waiting for? Get out there, try new things, and discover the root of you. And don't forget to reach out to James Bridges at TheEverydayCommunity.com. You can always reach him through our show notes page at technology-equality.com forward slash James Bridges. James, thank you once again for sharing your time and expertise with the community. We truly appreciate you hanging out with us here for episode 59. And the techie community, thank you guys for checking us out once again. I truly appreciate you enjoying these episodes right along with me. Don't forget to head over to iTunes to click that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And until our next episode, when we continue to hear the journey, find the pain and create solutions, enjoy the week.